Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jengaship Edithel, Lauren Oboe Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. <laughs> well, I love that. Decloaking. Spoiler mode off. It is going to be super hard to talk about this movie at all and well, avoid spoiling. Well, I think... Yeah. I think one thing we can do is we can, one, I mean, we're not going to spend the whole hour talking about it. And two, it, it, I think we can talk about some of our experiences, who we saw it with. I actually have a couple of stories from a couple of the, uh, of the showings that I can share that, that don't spoil it at all. Mm. And, uh, and so that, that, that'll be something that I can do. Well, how was your, uh, how, what was I guess I should say. Uh, it was, uh. It was a lot of fun, actually. Like, it was kind of low-key, right? I didn't do anything crazy, like, go on a big trip. We went to the Poconos, and we kind of hung out. Like, uh, I did some shooting. I did some karaoke and won a whole bachelorette party over, which was kind of fun. Ah, uh, gosh, what else did we do? Um, played some basketball. Almost beat a couple of 16-year-old kids, which made me feel amazing. Ha! Half my age. <laughs> Suddenly, I feel young. Um, played a lot of Halo, surprisingly. I sort of beat up a lot of my friends. And surprisingly, like, I'm kind of like a big fish in a little pond when I play with people that I know, like, locally, right? But when I play with you guys, I'm like the worst of the worst. But there, I can, I'm good enough. I can kill anybody pretty much whenever I want. You know, Watch some basketball. I think that's true for all of us. I don't know. I, I think I can take you, Wink. Well, you know. <laughs> but we each other all the time online, Wink. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, funny story. So we were playing uh, Friday Night Halos a couple of nights ago. And in a callback to simpler times of Halo 3, we decided to play Swords on Epitaph. So as a Griffball champion, I have some experience with a sword. So I'm in, the <laughs> I'm in the lobby with a bunch of these guys. And so we start the match. And immediately I get out to like a six-kill lead. And I'm hearing comments like, how the fuck are you still alive? What are you <laughs> doing? That should have killed you. And I'm sitting there going, tee And I was like, I'll tell y'all later. And, and our good friend Izzy was getting especially frustrated because she's like, no, you should be dead. And I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm doing. So what apparently they did not realize is that – so that what they did know is that if a sword attack hits a sword attack, it gets blocked. And that's, that's how you kind of like come off of swords and you, and you come at each other again. What they didn't know – is that the main trigger sword attack is has a very long wind-up, is very powerful, but also has a very long cooldown. Oh, they didn't know about the other attack. They didn't know about the melee. And uh, so I'm sitting there, or I'm not sitting there, I'm running there. I'd, I'd see someone, I'm like, oh, let's fight, let's fight. So they'd come, they'd, they'd lunge at me, I'd block with melee, turn around behind them, and then stick them in the back. It was so much fun. And it actually, Jack, your comment about being a big fish in a little pond, 
I was totally the biggest fish in that fucking sword pond. <laughs> Would you say you were a swordfish? Damn it, I'd now I'm I, hungry. I'd say I was a cut above. Nice. But I, I, I told them about the trick afterward. I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do. Uh, we haven't done it since, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they will do. Because, like, I mean, these are guys like, like Lauren and, and Noobs and, and those guys. So they, they're good Halo players, and they will adapt. They just had never actually played any Griff Balls in any serious capacity. And it's it's not even really a trick. It's just one of those things that if you've played Griff Ball, you had to learn super fast. And if not, you didn't know, you know, because most of the time when people are running around in a sword on a main game, you're the only sword person. You don't have to worry about outsorting a sword. Right. Mm, swords. But we should talk about Avengers. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Lauren. And we are Glib Shark. Tonight, we're going to talk about Age of Ultron and other stuff going on that happened this past week. If you want to join on the conversation, the number to call is 215-486-2125. Or if you have Skype, call Jengaship and we'll let you in on the conversation. I don't have This Week in Geek this week because I'm only here for a couple of minutes. So I wanted to talk about Avengers in the few minutes I do have. So This Week in Geek is Oh God Avengers. Go for it. What, do you, what did you think, Obo? I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I know you guys are going to tell stories about your experiences. I actually had what sounds like a bad experience, but worked out perfectly. I went and saw it alone. Um, I saw it Thursday night. Uh, there was showings because I'm on the West Coast. There were showings starting at nine o'clock my time. And because of my schedule the last week or two and the fact that I had a gig and friends not being able to, to come and Luke being in another country... Um, my choice was either see it opening night by myself or wait what could have been four to five days. Like I might not have even seen it by now. And I'm like, I, I'm not waiting. I'm just going to go. So I went to the Cinnabar by me, which is, um, for Rooster Teeth fans, kind of like the Alamo Draft House. It's a food and over 21 establishment where you watch movies. Um, I got to go to the not 3D showing, which made me super happy because 3D gives me a headache and I was coming off of a cold. And so I got to see the whole thing and not have a headache by the end. Uh, we were standing in line. I pre-purchased my tickets and we're standing in line to go into the theater. And there's a large group of fellow nerds behind me who are all discussing the minutia of the Fantastic Four's uh, outfits in the trailer that just came out and canonically how that um, ties into the comics and then moving on to talk about Tim Robbins. And I'm like, I am with my people. This was awesome. And the best thing about seeing it at the Cinnabar is it's a bunch of adults who have enough respect for going and spending money at a movie theater to be, to actually turn off their cell phones and not be talking during the movie and to be enjoying it, but to also want to get into the, the movie. So at appropriate moments, there was clapping and there was yelling. And and at one point I felt free to go, woo, and throw my hands up because shit happened. That was awesome. So I had a really fun time. I was exhausted by the end of it. I do wish I could have gone with friends, but as far as a movie going experience, it was a great movie and I can't wait to see it again. And Hawkeye is awesome. Inclined to agree. Hawkeye? They were got a lot of Hawkeye time in this movie. Oh, yeah. They, they made up for this movie. <laughs> okay. With, and, and trying to say this as spoilery as, po as non-spoilery as possible, non-spoilery, 
Uh, this was a question I asked the guys on Redcast, who I was on the Redcast guys, and that episode will be coming out real soon. I also pimped our show on there. I'm like, well, if you liked this, you should listen to, listen to our <laughs> show. Listen to this episode specifically. But anyway, so the question is, and for, for, you, for you, Oboe, and you, Jack, does Hawkeye make a case for being the main character of Avengers Age of Ultron? Main, maybe. I would definitely say um, the, the heart of the movie but I, I think this movie did a better job about sharing the spotlight, which is why he got so much screen time, because in the last one he got nothing. Um, he was also coming into this movie um, one of the few characters that didn't have a backstory in the movie universe. And so this movie gives him that backstory. This movie gives him... And so you have to focus on him a little bit more than some of the other characters. We've seen two Thor movies and three Iron Man movies and a couple Captain America movies and Black Widow's shown up a bunch of places. So I think it's fair to say he got a ton of screen time and was probably one of the, the main focuses of the movie. But I, I wouldn't call him the main, the main focus. I think Stark is. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think with just MCU in general, because Stark was kind of the first guy we saw, he's by default the main character. Although it's definitely an ensemble piece. Hawkeye got a lot of face time. I think he's one of the the main characters. I would say Iron Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, and uh, Hawkeye are probably the three main characters in this movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. They all have different roles to play in the movie and they do it really well. And the, the, the focus on them, you know, is dependent on what's going on in the plot and with those characters. And it's, it's done really well. Talking in circles around plot points, talking in circles around plot points. God damn. It's what we have to do. I mean, I just, it's too soon to broadcast open spoilers. I think so. That's fair. I I, I would hate it if somebody spoiled this movie for me ahead of time. I mean, and if also, you found also, out that Ultron was an alien robot made out of graham crackers, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. uh, that's just awful to, to find that out and not in the movie. Yeah, oh, and when they go down and they visit SpongeBob SquarePants, it's just a, such a twist in the whole show. And when Devil Dinosaur bursts in and eats Captain America? <laughs> the, the good thing is, Jonathan, I know you were trying to avoid everything before the movie, I think it's safe to say the vast majority of the promotional video that was out there of this movie and teasers and trailers and stuff does not give anything away. Like there's there's uh, two or three whole there's, I there's don't know. I mean kinds of there's stuff, but like the big stuff that happens, there are whole fight sequences that you never see. There's whole sections of the movie that there's no there's nothing about in any of the teasers or trailers. There's Two of the main trailers that I saw are almost um, almost all of the footage is in the first 10 minutes of the movie. So I was actually really impressed by that and glad uh, I I'm still sticking by my guns. And I I don't I don't I actually still haven't watched any trailers because I saw the movie twice. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't agree with you and I can't disagree with you. Because I don't have the same point of view. I, I haven't had, I don't have all the information. 
And you know what? I I still respect that decision, you know, because especially as we now start to gear up for Star Wars, I think we're going to end up in that same situation with as Star Wars. But I was I was happy to see that the the biggest points of the movie for at least for me were not shadowed at all in any of the trailers, you know, unlike I saw probably 10 different previews for movies before Avengers and half of them I think I saw half the movie. So actually, that's uh, that's an interesting point to bring up and something that we can talk about that's not spoilery. So you had 10 previews before your movie? I had a shit... So now, Cinnabar is slightly different than other movie theaters. There's no commercials. Um, when you come in, they are showing a reel of uh, local film school short films. And when it's time for the movie to start, they show previews and then they show the movie. So if you show up when the movie is about to begin, the only thing, basically the previews give you long enough to sit down and order a drink and some food. And then the movie starts, which is really nice. Uh, Yeah. So I've seen more previews than other people, but there were literally like, I, I, I don't think I counted, but there were definitely like eight, nine, 10 previews. It was ridiculous. Cause I was talking to Izzy and she said that I think there were seven in front of hers. And Jack, how many you reckon you had before your movie? I'm going to say about five, maybe six. Okay. Really? We had three. Really? In Holy both shows. So we had six in combined, and they both were of the same movies, but we had uh, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, sorry, and God, what was the last one? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. So Star Wars, Ant-Man, and Jurassic World. We got That's those it. three? In addition to those, I got like this extended preview for something called Tomorrowland, which is a George Clooney film. Right. It's actually a yep. Brad Bird movie. The guy who did uh, Incredibles. Oh, okay. So I'm actually, it, it I, didn't look bad, actually. I got no, looks, those. I fun. also got, I got Fantastic Four. I got, I got well. Marvel or um, uh, Batman v Superman. I got, what else did I get? Oh, yeah, I got that it one was, as well. It was Sorry. literally. Every sci-fi and or comic book movie that's coming out in the next year, I got a trailer for or or something. It was and I mean, in in a way, all right, they catered really well to the audience that was there. And I'm not surprised because it's Avengers. I'm sure that's prime real estate for, hey, if you like these guys, come see this movie. But yeah, I, I saw a ton. If I, I can't even remember them all. And yeah, okay. some of them, like Fantastic Four, I'm pretty sure I saw the first 30 minutes of that movie in that trailer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad but, I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, when you pitch a by genre like that, it's kind of like someone knowing that I like hard rock music and getting me CDs for, you know, Creed and Nickelback based on that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, like, there were a couple of more generic action movies in there. Oh, there was the Mad Max. Um, that was like a two minute trailer. It was a huge one, um, which I think I saw about 30 minutes of the middle fight in that movie of them driving around. Um, yeah, I saw a ton. It wasn't bad though. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Is Tom Hardy who's playing Mad Max? Yes. Yes. That changes everything. Like when I saw the trailers were like, ah, all right, Mad Max coming back. I can take it or leave it. But as soon as I heard Tom Hardy was attached, I'm like, all right, now I may have to watch this. All right, I unfortunately have to go because I have to go back to work, but I'm glad to hear that you two gentlemen agree with me that Hawkeye is awesome. We always agree. That was never in dispute. 
Yeah, I think with just the one movie, it was hard to um, get people behind me. And I think now it'll be a little easier as far as just the movie. So anyway, I will leave you two to discuss in non-spoilery ways how awesome Hawkeye is. Okay. Bye, Obo. Bye, Obo. So the world, go uh, ahead. <laughs> I was going to do, do my whole, think? the world is do indeed a strange place. The world is indeed a strange place. If you have a fact that you want read live and on the air, you can email it to Lauren at obocrazy.com. And while you're at it, go to glibshark.com full of past episodes of Jenga Jam, Glibshark, Buttcast, and so on and so forth. Glibshark.com, where you can find our content. But go ahead, man. Well, I was going to say, so referencing the fact that I only got three trailers, it's one of the reasons why I love the theater that I go to, because that's it's just a really, really classy joint. So I'm sitting in the IMAX showing, and so this is like Thursday around 7 o'clock or so, and the lady sitting next to me, I think this was like her first or second time being in the theater. So we're coming up on 30 minutes to movie time and I'm sitting around bored. Uh, my friends are busy. So I'm hanging out in the RT sponsor chat and getting, I got yelled at by some chick for, for maybe posting spoilers. And I'm like, um, I'm the side admin. I'm the one who put a bounty out on spoilers on the rooster teeth site. Come on. The reason why you're not seeing spoilers right now is because of me. Anyway, minor aside there. So uh, this the lady sitting next to me is like, hey, so where are the commercials? Because normally a lot of theaters around here, they have this rolling commercial reel that has like little trailers, featurettes on movies, and then just shitloads of commercials. And it's kind of annoying. It do, They do the whole, oh, hey, uh, trivia questions shit. And I'm just like, ugh. I'm glad our mo- the movie theater doesn't do that. And I actually said, yeah, this this theater doesn't do that crap. It's it's super classy. You'll get two, maybe three trailers. So this is how much of a 3D noob she was. So they have us put on the glasses like almost right away. And the first like IMAX hey, you're in an IMAX theater is in like 3D. And I see her with her hand out trying to touch the 3D. She's trying trying to reach out and touch it i'm like wow for fucking reels this is happening this is real life i guess it's her first laser time i guess like i'm just i was just like wow okay and then she did it again during like the second like imax sizzle reel and i'm just like oh wow okay that's happening wow but uh yeah i guess on the subject of 3D versus not 3D. We can say this in a non-spoilery fashion. Don't fucking bother with 3D in this case. Uh, I didn't despise it, but with the character moments being what they are, I don't think you particularly need it. I don't think you would lose anything if it were just a normal, like, flat image. I I was lucky enough to see it both ways, and I, I got more out of the movie the second time when I saw it in 2D. The action is just really frenetic. The 3D conversion is just not as good. And, and that's kind of surprising because the first Avengers movie, the 3D conversion was actually excellent. It, it actually made a really big difference. It was cool. This one, yeah, not memorable at all. Yeah. I blame Ultron. I, I blame the, Ultron as well. I think with the Chitari and with Loki, with the aerial battle being what it was, 
it made more sense, the 3D, right? But with uh, yeah, Ultron, just all of his robots coming at you, like for some reason that doesn't lend itself as much to uh, to a big to 3D. It was more ground style combat without spoiling too much. Yeah, too and much? and I, I mean, there were definitely moments where I think. The 3D had the chance to kind of shine through, and it just didn't. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't memorable. Like, if you were to ask me a month down the road to try and remember a, see, a scene that was cool in 3D in in Age of Ultron, I'd have trouble coming up with something. Hmm. Yeah. Whereas in the first movie, like, during when they're flying around uh, New York in between buildings and stuff, that looked awesome in three. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That said, yeah, save yourself the extra bucks. I mean, I think what Avengers two has is stronger than the first Avengers movie is now that characters know each other. You get these really cool character moments between a lot of the different members of the casts. So from a human standpoint, I, I would argue that this is in some ways a superior film, but overall, I'd have to rank this a little bit below the first Avengers film, below Winter Soldier, definitely below Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely a good film. Definitely worth watching. Oh, absolutely. But not yeah. top tier MCU. No. And and I told Brandon this on the Redcast. I've told everyone who to listen, and I'll say it now. Top tier of the Marvel Cinematic Universe remains Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, and Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, Age of Ultron, solid B tier. Solid Solid second banana. And it's in good company. It's with the first Iron Man movie. It's with Thor Dark World. I mean, those are those are great, fun movies that, that are really, really well made. But it's just enough problems and just not and not enough wow to to crack the top. Yeah. And that's fine. That, I mean, that's not a, not all of them can be super, super awesome winners. Some of them are just good and fun. And that's yeah. definitely what Age of Ultron is. And honestly, there's not a huge dive with this one as there are with other sequels. You know, Iron Man 2, I'm looking in your general direction. Oh, God. Yes. Man. I mean, we're <laughs> let's talk about bottom tier for a moment. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Iron Man 2 and the Incredible Hulk hanging out. Although I would say Marvel has still has a reputation for quality. It's still well-deserved. I feel like... Any Marvel film is going to be better than most of what Fox has put out by comparison. Yeah, this is actually a topic that Brandon and I were trying to discuss, and and it's the it's it's the notion that we are spoiled, like we have been treated to some really really awesome comic book movies, and and granted. Like, Dark Knight and Avengers were two very, very different movies. But what we got in Avengers was that super awesome, fun, over-the-top comic book style. Like, the fights in in Avengers cannot be compared to the confrontations in The Dark Knight. Just completely different. The engrossing, both of them, and engaging, but but just not comparable. They're, they're different kinds of conflicts. With Avengers, you got to see Hulk... And Thor fighting Chitari on the back of a giant Chitari carrier thing, and then having team up attacks, and then Thor punch or Hulk punches Thor because he's still a little sore at him. That's the kind of stuff you get in in Avengers, and it continues into Age of Ultron. And those kinds of team ups and 
combo attacks and just all those awesome nerdy stuff. Basically, the first 10 minutes of, of Avengers Age of Ultron is almost pedestrian. We come to expect that. And that is both good in that we are getting spoiled and we are getting lots and lots of awesome stuff, but it makes other things that come out like the DC slate that's getting ready to be released. It makes it a lot harder for them to compete. I don't know that, that you get the same exciting stuff that we've been treated to over and over and over again in the Marvel universe in say suicide squad. And it, it seems like the DC cinematic universe is going to a needless, a needlessly gritty place. And there's no reason it has to be dark. It can be fun. It can be bright. It can be effusive, and it can still be fun. I think the Avengers movies are kind of proof of that. Absolutely, and and this one especially, it's like for for all its character moments, it's it still tries to be fun at heart. It's not Thor like super dirty complaining about his dad, and then like and then just moping. No, it's Thor being Thor. I mean, he's. And all the well, characters, I think, really stay true to themselves. There are some dark moments, to be sure, but by and large, you get those lighthearted stuff, too. There's not all of that angst that weighs down a movie like this where there's no need for it. It's not the right audience for it. It's not the right universe for it, I think, to some extent. Even the most angry, angsty character in The Avengers, Bruce Banner, gets to be funny. Yeah. And... I think the MCU is always going to have that on. I guess you're right. It's a very good movie. A filter song, everything you want. He says all the right things at exactly the right time. Now, this movie doesn't mean nothing to me. It's a very good movie. But I think because it's just we've been sort of – my teeth are rotted. My eyes are rotted with eye candy. I have like eye cavities from all the eye candy and it's affecting my vision. Eh? 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 Yeah, he did the thing. He, he said the thing. He said it. <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong universe. The thing's actually in Fox. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Age of Ultron, definitely recommended. I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a solid 8. I'm going to go as say, high as 8. I would say 8 as well. I'd say 7 or 8, high 7, 8, somewhere around there. Definitely worth your time. Definitely worth going out to. Uh, so the second time I saw it was actually on Free Comic Book Day. And I had lunch at an Indian place which was right next to a comic book store. So we show up for lunch, and there is a crowd of nerds outside this comic book store. There's a TARDIS. There's a Doctor Who. There's a Deadpool. There is Lady Cap, who actually had a pretty good costume, and, and she was dancing with, uh, with uh, Dark Knight Rises Catwoman. Hmm. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. It, it, was, it was cool to kind of hang out there. Then we got lunch, and, uh, and we got into line, and we were hanging out. So my buddy's wife is, is a nerd. She, she really is. She is an excellent board gamer. She is uh, she has been exposed to a lot of nerdy media. Unfortunately, she doesn't retain a lot of it. So Star Wars movies kind of blend together for her. She doesn't remember which one is the one with the snow and which one is the one with the Ewoks. Or the little furry things. So so that's because she's not as into that part of nerd culture. I mean, she definitely is in other respects. So I decided to have a little fun with her before before the movie started. And that, like I said, this was with with my buddy and uh, and and our good friend Iris and her new boyfriend, who apparently the new boyfriend is a big Star Wars fan. We'll get into that later. So I'm like, all right, well, well, Christy, 
uh, we're going to have some we're going to be watching Avengers. So I think it's important that we that we figure out what, you know, and and we figure out where your gaps in your Avengers knowledge are. So so I have some questions for you. She's like, OK, I want to play. I'm like, OK, great. So here are some of the questions that I asked her. I was like, what country is uh, Natasha Romanoff from? And she's like, Spiderland? So she knew that, that Natalia Romanoff was the Black Widow, but missed the fact that she was from Russia. And made up a country that, <laughs> made up that a country. does whatever a spider country does? I guess. So another question was, so Hawkeye has a signature weapon. What is it? And she's like, a sword? And I'm like, well, Clint Barton does become Ronin, and, uh, and he does wield a sword instead of a bow, so that's sort of right. But it's not really right because Hawkeye wields a fucking bow. I don't know. To be fair, there are some fandoms that I don't know as much about, like uh, my cousin Jay. She just watched the Avengers the other day. Well, but I mean, you only have one. That's your only I know, I know. It, 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 I mean, I, go ahead. I was going to say, like, if my cousin Jenny asked me what a muggle was, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's a non-magical user. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. But I'm not as into the point of being that I'm not as into the Harry Potter universe as I am as – or I guess the Hunger Games. I haven't seen any of those films or read any of those books. I, I have a basic idea that it's a dystopian future or whatever and that there's a bow and arrow and that Mystique isn't blue in that movie. But that's all I really know. And you know what else Mystique isn't? Brown because the main character of that book series is an Inuit. Isn't into it. No, she isn't into it at all. She's faking it. Yeah, totally. Anyway, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so stuff like that. She did. I, I did ask her. Uh, so, Tony Stark is is a hero in this movie, and he goes by another name. What's that other name? And she's like Iron Man. So she did did get one route. Sure. Yeah. But Iron Man is sort of like the like go to superhero. He is the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm trying. Oh, oh! I was like, so Bruce Banner, he he turns he turns into the Hulk. He gets really big and green. What makes him turn into the Hulk? She's like, he gets hungry. <laughs> you wouldn't like him when he's hungry. <laughs> it's like a Snickers commercial. <laughs> better, Doctor Banner. Better. <laughs> Become a green oh, monster. Eat a Snickers. There was there was a. Uh, there was a, uh, a a macro that I had sent one of my friends, and it was it was uh, Legolas going up to Ronan the Accuser, and he's like, "Dad, eat a Snickers." And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because you get genocidal when you get hungry." <laughs> and so it shows Ronan eating the Snickers, and Legolas is like, "Better." And then it's Thrandil, and he's like, "Better." <laughs> Too soon, Lee Pace. Too soon. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, something I want to see in an Avengers movie or a superhero film at some point is just people eating, like, massive quantities of food. Because you have to figure, meta metabolically speaking, all these superpowers, at the very least, the exertion of all of this energy has got to drain you like the Dickens. And uh, and uh, we want that scene to not include Volstagg, right? Or Shwarma, for that matter. Or Shwarma. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I think that's one thing that the Flash did really well early on. They really they kind of call back to it a little bit, 
But when in like the pilot episode of The Flash, uh, when when Barry Allen is eating, he's like, oh, man, I'm just still hungry. And then they actually explain, well, it's because your metabolism is super high. I mean, you're probably you're going to have to eat like this for the rest of your life. And occasionally they'll like I said, they'll call back to it a little bit where he'll come in with two pizzas and or someone will give him two pizzas who knows that he's the flash but yeah i mean like and actually they uh they reference like hyper metabolism when talking about one of the guys and and that's pretty much the same way they said they talked about the flash so i'm like wow these dudes like like what's the catering bill for avengers tower in the like, Bendis' comics, it's like pretty staggering because whenever they have downtime, they are eating and eating and eating. We're talking five, six, seven thousand calories a day per Avenger, minimum. I and that's for the ones who don't have like super physical powers. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen like in every scene where they weren't fighting and just kind of walk doing that whole Aaron Sorkin walking and talking thing. If they had done it while eating like a power bar. Or like, you gotta figure they can just eat garbage and they burn it right off. So like just eating Twinkie after Twinkie after Twinkie. I, I think that would have been a really clever deal to just like not even maybe eating, but just have food in everyone's hand during those like downtime scenes. Like like in the first Avengers where they're sitting around in Stark's lab, just kind of like you know talking about the plot and stuff. If they had been munching on granola bars like that entire time, like when that, someone's not talking, they have a granola bar in their mouth. Well, it's sort of the same thing that they did with uh, with Ocean's Eleven through Twelve and Thirteen. Is they always had what was it? Rusty was Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, always eating or drinking. I got a carbo load, you know. I guess I don't know. Is that a word, carbo load, or did I just make that? I, up? It is sort of. I don't. I don't actually know. I think you carbo load before like a big workout. I don't care, like a like a marathon or something. Yeah, or like before a game, if you're going to play a game. Oh, man. I, I kind of – so actually, speaking of marathons, this week was the Broad Street Run in Philadelphia, and I didn't do it this year because wedding and things to plan. But uh, someone I was not expecting to skip out on it skipped out on it, and like uh, my cousin Jenny, she's a runner. She's been running since high school, and I thought for sure she would do it. And then I see her at church. It's like, hey, Jenny, what are you doing at church? Aren't you supposed to see the Broad Run? He's like, yeah, I did what you did two years ago. And I said, touche. Let's go to a coffee shop and eat some, eat some Korean pastries. Which is what we did. Well, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, dude. I uh, well, you're you're talking about sports, and one of the reasons why they were saying that Avengers only came in second is to because every sports ever all this the weekend. sports were on. Oh my I god! Jo- I think that was a joke where like uh, I think SNL did this in their cold open. It's like they had the Kentucky Derby and the night golf and something else all the same day, and it's like we wanted to provide you the whitest sport night of sports possible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh my god. We actually, we did watch Spurs Clippers, which was a game seven. Who won that? I don't want to talk about it. I see. <laughs> the, the Clippers pulled it out by two points. Oh. Yeah, gosh, playoff basketball, a little bit of playoff hockey too. That was on NBC. And then, of course, the uh, the event of the of the evening, of course, the, uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, which I, for 100 bones, I skipped. I thought, you know, I'm not a huge, huge boxing fan. I like boxing. I know who Mayweather is. I know who Pacquiao is, and I thought it would be a good fight. But for 100 Bones, it was just me and my brother-in-law. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll go watch Age of Ultron instead. 
Yeah, did you watch I, it? I did not watch the Pacquiao fight. I was actually raiding uh, in Destiny with a few of our friends, and I had the the event on my phone that I was watching. Mm. Or monitoring, I guess. Not really watching. Yeah, I end up like uh, just bringing up the fight on on the way home. I got home like around one o'clock or back to my brother-in-law's place. I watched out in Lancaster and um, I'm looking and I'm like, I was hoping that Pacquiao would pull it out. But like, ah, no, because I kind of don't like Floyd Mayweather. I think for a no, lot of reasons. Who does? I think a lot of people don't. Who Tri- does? Tri- Triple H apparently from uh, WWE well, loves the guy. OK, fine. But. But he's a bad guy anyway, so it kind of makes sense, at least on TV. He plays one on TV. But uh, but yeah, like. Pacquiao has like the the Philippines connection, the Catholic connection. Like, I, in a lot of ways, he's one of the more talented fighters of his age. And then Money Mayweather just has all of the. He is the quintessential like bad attitude, big ego, like athlete, right? He kind of embodies a lot of that, and he's abu- and he's apparently abuses his wife. Yeah, the, from the the impression I got was that there was really no one to root for in the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Yeah, Pacquiao's not a great, great guy either, but, I mean, he's more likable than Mayweather, I would say. But it looks like there might be a rematch. Yeah, like, there's going to be a rematch. I mean, I, I've heard it from a couple of different ways. Like, there were some guys who fancy some, themselves boxing fans who said this was a very technical match, and anyone who really wasn't a boxing fan said it was boring. I because it was a very technical match. Well, I mean, um, like I said, I can appreciate the technical aspects of it, the, the whole like sweet science, the chess acts with the human things. I mean, I know the basic vocabulary of boxing. I wouldn't call myself like a diehard fan, but I can appreciate it on a visceral level. Um, that said, MMA scratches an itch that's a little bit different and for much cheaper than, than boxing normally is. But so yeah, what like, else was there? There was uh... – there was the Kentucky Derby. There was the Game Seven. There was uh, there was Mayweather Pacquiao. I thought there was something else. There was golf too. I think. Oh yeah, there's probably yeah a uh, a non-major, just just a normal PGA event. So yeah, probably. Yeah. And uh, gosh, yeah, that that was a pretty busy weekend. All things considered, I ended up driving back home like that Sunday morning back to to church. They actually did the first announcement of uh, of event redacted at my church. Which I guess if you say it's a church announcement, they, there's a requirement they have to announce it three times. If anyone has a canonical objection, blah, 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 go see the parish priest. So I got to be there for that, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what else? And then coffee club. Um, well, I visited my parents. I saw my mom for the first time in a month. That was kind of nice. But yeah, like as far as sports goes, big weekend, all things considered. And uh, I guess we're heading into Mother's Day. Yeah, it's uh, I I my mom isn't in town, so it's a little bit harder for me. I I send a card generally, oh. so uh, but yeah, I guess that is that this weekend or next weekend? This weekend. Okay. Yeah, I mean, mom lives forty five minutes away, so it's pretty easy for me to you know pick up something small for her and say Happy Mother's Day and all that and spend some time. I mean, she probably wants me to help out in the garden, but considering you know all the stuff that's on my plate the next uh, nineteen days, oh my god, nineteen days. Is there a paper bag I can breathe into here somewhere? But uh, but yeah. So, folks, listeners, don't say we didn't do anything for you. Say something. Do something nice for your moms because whoever your mom is, I mean, for a very rare exception, she probably deserves it. If nothing else, she brought you into the world, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I was. Um, this last weekend was was just nuts. I mean, it was it was really cool. I ended up playing a big Twilight Imperium game on Sunday, and I, I'm pretty sure I lost. I actually had to leave before it was over, but I but in my opinion, the the conclusion was foregone. I had made my push to win. I'd got out to an early lead and that made me a target. And I knew I, I knew that would happen. I knew that it's always a case of of take down the guy in the lead and I put myself there. And I was just like I I'm not gonna try and and just leave points on the table and not score objectives. So anyway, uh they did a the my opponents did a really good job of uh putting me down and keeping me down and uh and but it was still fun. It, it it was fun to go out and fight fight a couple of fights and and take a couple of things and blow up lots of ships. Fighting the good fight. Actually, speaking of tabletop games, I have been commissioned uh, at Job Redacted to design a uh, game as an activity for our for our department picnic. And the thing I came up with is the zombie game, which is sort of like taking the Dungeons and Dragons out of the the dragons out and the dungeon out of the dungeon and sort of making sort of walking dead kind of style like role playing game with four basic characters and having them do like as it basically fight zombies with 20 sided die role play so i'm i'm trying to do something very stripped down and very simple where they can do it like within a half an hour so literally that's just enough time to like fight like four zombies that, come, that pop up i think I got like a marshal. I have uh, sorry, a sniper character. I have uh, a sword character just because people like to fight zombies with swords. And then a medic because every RPG party needs some sort of healer. Absolutely. They're generally the uh, the, mo- the characters you don't want to tick off because it's like, oh, I need a heal. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the zombie apocalypse theme is sort of mainstream now. You know, talking dead, walking dead, all that good stuff. It's sort of... Zombies are cool now and have been for a little while. Well, like actually when when Will Wheaton did what was it? Uh Dead of Winter on Tabletop. He mentioned and for once I agreed with him that we've kind of gone past peak zombie. Like it, it's not really exciting to have a zombie property anymore because at, like as you said everyone does it. And it's it's very rare for something something in that genre to stay relevant. Walking Dead does because it it extends beyond that. It is actually a good character driven driven show that happens to have zombies in the background. Um, that said, this Dead of Winter game, which is a cooperative like colony building survival horror board game is not only really good, but takes a zombie theme and becomes very, very compelling. I've gotten to play it a couple of times. It, it is an excellent, excellent cooperative game. Hmm. Let's check it out. I did actually see the tabletop where they played that game Concept, which looked like it was a lot of fun. Like, it's sort of like... I love the description Will gives for it, or it scratches the itch that Pictionary and Scategories and all those other things try to scratch. But conceptually, it's just sort of like that for writers. And I loved watching, you know, Rhett and Link play that. And I guess a guy named Joseph Scrimshaw. Did you see that one? I did not. Are you familiar with Concept? The concept of Concept? Nope. Ah, Concept is pretty great. Like, it's sort of, there's different icons on the board and different pieces you can use. And you need to find ways to sort of convey a certain idea or phrase. Uh, you only using those things, right? I think you'd, it's right up your alley. I think you'd like that game. 
Yeah, I'll have to give it a shot. And then, of course, the Cards Against Humanity episode was pretty good. Oh, my God. So I think we're all... So this is where I get to be a a hipster board game kind of guy. But I am so over Cards Against Humanity. Like... I get that it's it's funny for people who who have don't play it very often and and for those people it's still a novel novel game. Mm-hmm. But I have played it so much that I'm kinda over it. And I sure. already played games that were like it. That episode of Tabletop was easily one of my favorites, if not my favorite. It because was it's so Aisha Tyler playing goddamn tabletop. funny. With Tanya playing Cards Against Humanity, which is like perfect. Like, it's one of the most, like, pure concept ideas ever. Like, Aisha Tyler, Ali Spagnola, and who was the other lady on there? Uh, the obsessive girlfriend. Yes! And uh, it's Liana? just... And Lena? you just throw yeah. in bourbon, and I throw in, I throw in liquor, and Wesley, and you got yourself an episode for the ages. I thought... I, I just... Oh, my God, I love that episode so much. I watched it work. Uh, and I was just like sitting there laughing like an idiot and <laughs> I was just like, try, I was trying to stay quiet, but it was tough because like, like I loved the, the bourbon delivery system though, was her two like random Irish friends. And so she's like, Irishman, bring, bring me bourbon. <laughs> yeah. And this is, and I think Will does a really good job of picking the right people to play the right games. Like, I remember one from last season, I think, where Felicia Day and uh, Alan Tudyk and somebody else were playing this sort of uh, Egyptian game. I forget what it was called. Cleopatra, probably. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't Cleopatra. Because I don't know. It, was like an, it wasn't even Egyptian. It was like an adventure game. Let's see. Felicia was Day. Was it like uh, Fortune and Glory? It, yes, it was Fortune and Glory. Okay. Oh, I it, wasn't, it wasn't Alan Tudyk. It was Brandon Routh. It was Brandon Routh. And, and I remember and the Day siblings. They, they totally got the rules wrong. Like, they actually broke into the episode, and it was like, hi, I'm future Will Wheaton, and I want to apologize, because even though we've played episodes, we've done episodes where we've gotten the rules wrong, we got the rules very wrong. Please keep that in mind. Don't use this as a teaching tool for this game. Enjoy the rest of it. And I don't know. It it just struck, like, I do actually want to try and learn these games as well, so I I didn't watch that one. I was just like, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the next one. It'll be funny. Yeah, I mean, I didn't care about the structure of the game. I'm not really familiar with most of the games they play. So for me, it's just it shows up on my YouTube channel. I'm like, all right, this looks good. I'm going to watch. There's no community on today. I'll watch this. Oh, golly gosh. But yeah, there's so much content that's great on YouTube right now. Like you could probably, and it's free, which is fantastic. You can probably just pick all the channels you want and have enough entertainment just from that. Easily. Ah. Uh... I don't know. Like, I, I do definitely have the YouTube stuff that I watch, and I, I, I've heard the suggestions that you and Lauren have made, and I don't know. I still... I, I have enough video games to play when I get home that I'm generally not watching YouTube. I mean, occasionally, but I've, I've always got something to do. Hey, yeah. One of the nice things about being me, just, just aside from being me, is that I very rarely get bored. I always seem to have something to do, which is nice. Yeah, it's good to have, like, you know, work that you're willing to do, which is sort of like what games are, right? Like, did you, I don't know if you ever read uh, Jane McGonagall's book, Reality is Broken. I had to send it to you. Goose Checker recommended it to me. And it's all about how games are nothing more than a form of work that people volunteer for, right? Yes. And I, there's, yeah, I think, 
Yeah, I, I, that sounds familiar, so I think we've mentioned it here before. I'm sure she gave a TED Talk about it, basically, and uh, I should send you the book at some point. You should just – it's a quick read. It's pretty easy to do, and uh, it's so in, absolutely fascinating. It's all about talking about taking that energy and applying it to other – you know, solving actual world problems. Uh, not like the global, global scale, but just little community stuff and then a little bit more towards fighting obesity and helping people feel better. And her whole – like I think she has a campaign to like uh, – in terms of how to get people motivated to do things, in terms of getting better, in terms of walking and doing stuff and rehab applications. And she sort of took a game application, the rules of games based on what she did, and she spun it into a, to a whole company. I forget what it's called. Let's see, Jane McGonigal. Super Better, I think it's called. Yep, Super Better. So... I'm I'm just a big fan of that kind of thing, and I like those conversations, like on that on that TED level and all that. But I get what you're saying. Like, there's so much great stuff on Netflix and Home Box Office, and and a little bit on Hulu, and even Yahoo Screen has uh, Other Space, which is just tremendous. If you haven't seen it yet, Jonathan, I highly recommend it. I've seen commercials for it. It's like the American Red Dwarf. It's that good. But it's also kind of a love letter to like low budget sci-fi. I'm just trying to figure out where to go from here. So I, I am doing this uh, this Destiny Sherpas from Nepal, and I'm actually going to record the audio for the video that I'm that I'm going to be doing here after the show. And I think one thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to go full 24 hours. I think I'm going to go just 12, maybe a little longer. Part of the reason is that I I just can't do 24 hours. I, I've tried and failed. just doesn't work. And honestly, I don't blame you. In those dead hours, you're not really raising that much money anyway. Well, so uh, yeah. And and also that weekend is the RT SideQuest Operation uh, Supply Drop Marathon that they're doing down at Gamers Galaxy. I okay. don't remember when that starts. But if I had gone 24 hours, I would have been against them. And yeah. I, I I'm not – one to say that, hey, I'm going to pull all these viewers, so th- so I'm going to be taking away from their audience. I'm not. I'm right. If I pull two viewers, then that'll be a win for me. But I I just think it's rude to compete with them. So yeah, I, I'm, probably not, I'm probably I'm probably going to hang it up. Like like I said, twelve, maybe sixteen hours, uh, depending on how things go. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, and it's definitely for that you know worthy goal, raising awareness of all those charities helping out in Nepal and the surrounding countries that were affected by that recent earthquake. See, tying it back for anyone who's, who's listening to the episode of the show for the first time. Previously on Gloop Shark. I love doing my previously voice. Let's hear your previously voice. Well, actually, there's a couple of different annotations. I'll, I'll do a couple. Previously on Glib Shark. Previously on Glib Shark. Previously on Glib Shark. I don't know. Uh, I've, it's a couple of different deals. Like I actually, that was one of the best things about making that, uh, making the preview video or like the the opening like montage for the D and D at RTX game that we did last year. We split the video up into two parts. So we had the first part that we released, and then I released the second one. But since it was a separate video, I did a uh, a small like like summary or uh, what's it called? God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, but I, I edited a short little video, and I got to kick it off with previously on Glipshark, and it was awesome. Nice. 
My, whenever I hear that phrase, I always go back to the X-Men one they used, which always previously on X-Men in that super like Canadian voice that's trying to be American. But it's just where I go. It's sort of what I think of when there's an episode that needs to be recapped. And I, I always go it. back to Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that's and actually, actually, it was funny. Like, uh, like South Park did that where they did a part two and Cartman goes previously on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> that's perfect man those guys are i can't believe they've been doing it like close to 20 years i think that, that show debuted in 96 or 97 i i one of those two years yeah it was when <laughs> i want to say it was 96 because i'm pretty sure it was my freshman year in college oh gosh i can't believe i started high school almost 20 years ago dude <sighs> i started college 20 years ago well i can believe that that's quite believable to me I don't have any trouble believing that. It's it's unbelievable for me. Like actually, when uh, when we were playing that Twilight Imperium game, um, the two of the guys were new that I that I had like met recently or hadn't met at all. But the other two were my college buddies that I still hang out with, and we were talking about it. And I was like, "Man, I've known you for what sixteen years?" And so I was like, "Ah, oh, sixteen years. That's so funny." And then like I came home, and uh, just now I'm like, "Man, it's like actually like." 18 or 19. It'll be 20 soon enough. I've known someone for 20 years and they're still my friend. I'm not that surprised, but I've had friends I've known for 20 years. I mean, granted, they're childhood friends. But... Well, right. But like I'm a transplant. So none of my childhood friends are here. And, and right. actually, when I was in high school, none of my childhood friends went to were around because I went to a different high school than where I was originally supposed to go. You know what I think about sometimes? I think about like all the TV shows that have come and gone like in the time I've been alive. And at this point with cable exploding and web series and stuff, it's like there's literally th- like hundreds if not thousands of television programs have come and gone in the time that I've been on this planet. Which is the most missed? Of all the shows that I you know saw? That, that, that would... Of all the shows that have come and gone in your lifetime – which one, if it came back right now, would be the most impactful? Hmm. That's a good question. Like to me personally, just in general? Take it as you will. Okay. All right. I would say if the Twin Peaks impact – I mean Twin Peaks was big, but it was also kind of timely, right? It was dated. I think if Seinfeld came back, it could have a pretty good impact. Uh, MASH, I think the, the time has passed for that, right? That was like two generations ago almost. Um yeah, I think Seinfeld comeback would be really interesting because they're all four still around, and I think you could do something on HBO would go a little bit further, and I think it would have a huge buzz. Like, Seinfeld was sort of, and I was thinking about this, Seinfeld is kind of the prototypical, like, pre, proto-hipster, proto-geek show. It normalized a bunch of stuff that was previously, like, out, you know, unexpected. You wouldn't expect big conversations about Superman or neologisms like, uh, like a double dipper or anything like that. All, like, the made-up words that we live by now, like, Seinfeld kind of carved out culture but also kind of geek culture in a lot of ways and they'd refer to you know obscure stuff like latvian orthodoxy where would you hear that on sitcom on primetime television before seinfeld so i think seinfeld is a pretty big one of all the shows have come and gone and it left a little bit past its prime but it was still really funny in its last season and i think it's something where later david on standing not just a reunion like a full-on comeback i think that would get some buzz how about you, man? What do you think? I think, and, and this is more 
This is more of what I think would actually do well versus something that I personally like to see back. Personally, I would love to see the wire back, but I understand why why it's not coming back and why it probably shouldn't come back. It was it's five seasons are the best in television and and that's fine. I'm going to say friends, and here's why. Lisa's students watch Friends on Netflix and think it's the funniest shit ever. But isn't it Which just is like shocking? How I me. Met Your Mother a generation ago? Well, yeah, and it has none of the of the of the technological comforts that they have. Like like there's actually a meme out where Chandler Bing is talking about his new laptop and he's all going on about it's like four megabytes of RAM and and like something something pros- processor and like 28.8 modem and he's like talking like it's a badass and and people love to use that as a hey isn't it funny how old friends is but yeah, from, could he from, could he be any more 90s <laughs> could he be any more 90s than the Jennifer Anston and uh and Matthew what's his name like guide to windows 95 <laughs> I've seen that. Oh gosh, Matthew Perry—that's his name. I can see that Matthew Perry. Oh Chandler. Oh yeah, but I can see that because I mean, Full House is coming back. How much longer till Friends or some kind of reunion for that? Oh, God. And I feel a like full the House Full House, back. Fuller House coming back—that sort of tied a lot into the success of Girl Meets World. And it's essentially the same concept. Only you're gender swapping the roles, where now the girls are the ones who are the older, and the boys are the ones who are younger. Whereas in the original series, it was the other, the other way around. But I'll still watch it. I mean, because I'm shameless and like, you know, harboring that, that crush on Jody Sweden that I've had since I was five. How ballsy would it be for Fuller House to get Alanis Morissette to pop on? <laughs> uh, she ought to know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, that happened. <laughs> Someone had to take Dave Coulier down. I'm, I'm glad it was our broadcast. I, I, I can't think of a better way to, to end yeah. on that note. Yeah, but come on back next week where we're going to talk about just whatever we feel like. And you can follow him at road underscore block and me at Jack Edithil. I struggled there for a second on my last name. And us at Glib Shark. Our uh, sound. Go ahead. I just said yay. Yay. Our sound producer is the man you just heard say yay, Jonathan Cerna. Our and, announcer and is. My go. last paycheck bounced, Jack. We, we <laughs> got to have that talk, dude. Our, our announcer is Bob Ball, who does not complain at the end of these broadcasts. Our music is done by Linnea Boyev. And on behalf of Jonathan Cerna, Lauren Urban, and the entire Glib Shark staff, this is Jack Edithel saying good night, good health, and I'm Ziv Zoolander, ZZ for short. You know I fight the corp. I'm the boss master. Listen up, you all. It's the boys' brigade. When it's laser time, put on the 3D shades. It's laser time, boys. Boss master. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glibshark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.